Stake your tent down because the Broken Laces podcast has got a treat in store for you. I'm Riley Smith, and on today's episode, I'll be talking to one of the first to ever travel the PCT. As a child, Bernadette Murray through rode the PCT with her family in 1969, helping mark the trail along the way. She's so amazing, I consider a Bernadette a PCT Hall of Famer. On today's show, I chat with Bernadette about her journey in 1969 and 1970. Yes, it took two years, everyone, on horseback, with stories including rattlesnakes, quicksand, and the birth of a horse, just to name a few. We also cover her 50th anniversary ride coming up in 2020 and learn how to follow her next trip up the PCT. And of course, stick around for Trails and Owls, where we visit the Cascade Locks area in the Columbia Gorge. I lucked into finding out about Bernadette's story, and I'm so glad to share this with you. Let's go. Hi, Bernadette. Hi, Riley. It's great to talk to you. It's interesting how we came together, because I, I, I reached out to the city of Cascade Locks, where you work. And I was just looking for kind of a story on them being kind of the the key trail town on the PCT. And the city administrator, one of your colleagues, is like, "Don't talk to me. You got to talk to Bernadette because she's she through rode the PCT back in 1969." I was like, "Wow, my original idea is just trumpeted now. I got to talk to Bernadette about how she <laughs> rode this rode this trail that barely existed." So it's great to have you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. And I kind of buried the lead there in terms of why you're on. I mean, you travel with your family, two parents, a brother and a teenage family friend. And a sister. And a sister. Okay. And so my my question was just kind of how does this how does this even occur? And like how do you drag along a family friend and how does the family organize to to just start this journey to ride the PCT on horseback? We um I was 10, my sister was 8, and my brother was 12, and the family friend was 16. And we had been up in the Alaska bush um, at a silver mining camp the summer before, and we were talking about doing the trip, and he had asked if he could come along. And so that's how that happened. Um, And so we started to prepare in earnest. Yeah. And your dad's just, I'm assuming, just started doing all this research. And so there was some sort of concept that he had cropped up in his head and decided, hey, this is the family trip we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to do something that was like going back in time. And um, there was just such a charm about being out and alone and in the wilderness. And we were living in Marin County, which is where really was the epicenter of the center of uh, the summer of love. And our neighbor was uh, friends with Janice Joplin, who lived directly across the little valley there in Lagunitas. And she would come and sing all night long. And they were doing drugs. And the Grateful Dead lived just the next road over. Um And things got crazy. And my parents um, were concerned about us being around that kind of culture. So, and we didn't have a TV, so we would read at night as a family. And we started to read the Laura Ingalls Wilder series and began to discuss getting away from where we were at that time, because my, my, my folks just didn't want us to be exposed to that. So 
we started talking about uh, a trip and um my my dad began to discuss riding horseback from Mexico to Canada and this was actually before the PCT was even a designated national scenic trail um that happened on October 2nd 1968 and um the other choice was to sail around the world <laughs> but <laughs> my mom didn't know how to swim nor did any, we my sister or myself so um i guess the the option was uh, the PCT and so he started to go to the library and take us to the library. And there we began to research everything that we needed to do to do that. Um, and he opened up discussions with the Forest Service in regards to how we might do that. Yeah. And so it ends up being the safest journey for your family trip. So uh, you you mentioned talking to, I mean, doing all this research, I, I would imagine taking months just to map out the, the journey and then also talking to the National Forest just in terms of how you can interact with a trail because the trail's not complete. And so what, what kind of feedback are you getting from them? Oh, boy. We got, my dad had to write every single Forest Service and Ranger station along the way. He was told by um, our friend who was the head of publicity at Region 6 here in Portland that that had to happen in order for us to do this. And he got back all kinds of letters that said, don't go. It's, it's, there's no trail there. You can't do this. But my dad, he was determined, you know, to go. And so he went to um, the USGS office in Menlo Park there in California, and he bought every single topographic map for what would be the trail. Right. And in places where the trail was unbuilt, and we weren't quite sure how we were going to go, he would buy the maps to the left and the right. So, and, um, at that time there was, um, kind of a folding map that was for Oregon and Washington because those trails were much more developed, but, um, nothing for California. And as a matter of fact, the very first PCT, uh, trail marker that we saw was at the California, Oregon border. Oh, wow. Jumping kind of backwards here, you you have to get down to the Mexico border, and I'm assuming you're buying horses down there? We had four horses <clears throat> that we took with us down to the Mexican border. Gotcha. Actually, that was an interesting trip in itself. We had an old truck and, um, <clears throat> with uh, uh, the trailer, and Dad wanted to do it in a kind of a traditional way or have there be some meaning behind the whole trip, so... We went down the El Camino Real, which, you know. <laughs> was, of course. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, um, and through LA, right, during traffic, and oh, it was insane. We were at the border for two months before we began at just preparing. And um, we acquired the other eight horses while we were at the border. My dad learned how to shoe. My dad learned equine care from an old mule skinner who had been in the cavalry during World War One. Right. Um, and yeah, and but we all, you know, consider that it was a truck, and so we all had to ride in the truck when it was raining. And so my dad would drive, and then we'd sit on laps, and you know, the my brother and myself and my sister and 
or, or James and, and my brother would sit on my mom's lap. And when we would pull into a, a gas station and open the doors, it was like we were like one of those clown cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone piling out. Yeah, and you're you're getting to one of my my key questions is this is just a different time and you're doing it on horse. And so the the amount of stuff that you're carrying for all the t- traditional backpackers these days where ounces matter, you you guys are carrying just a whole load of of equipment I'm assuming. What are you carrying that that is helpful for you and then what are you carrying that is helpful for building the trail as you approach it? Historically, what did we carry? Yeah. Or what? Well, okay. Oh, boy. Um, we had, I mean, our tents alone weighed 25 pounds each. And they were the only thing that we had in sponsorship. They were uh, Thurman, uh, Thermos Coleman okay. tents that um, were designed by uh, Bill Moss, who went on to do MSR. Um, but they were, they were domed and canvas. So quite heavy. Of course, we had to carry horseshoeing equipment right. and, and shoes. Um, we, we had this pannier that was, that my dad made hard side and, and the front would drop down and in it was the medical kit. We even carried morphine and of course all the equine medical. And then it had like a mess kit sort of set up that had kitchen things. We had a Dutch oven that was a cast iron spider Dutch oven. <laughs> and, and my mom made miracles in that, you know, we would have cobblers and biscuits yeah. and what have you. Um, and we had um, three of the horses carried grain feed huh. and um, the other three carried our provisions and things for building the trail. We had a, a pickaxe and a Pulaski and a shovel. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're basically carrying like a small western US town by by 12 horses, is that correct? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean we had yeah. everything that we needed mostly, you know. But um one of the things about the first half of the pack trip is, you know, as you said, two thirds of the trail was unbuilt and unmarked. We had to get off and build and mark as as we traveled. So um, uh, did it in two seasons. So in mm-hmm. 1969, we began on April 26th and we made it, uh, until September, I think it was September 13th, where we stopped somewhere near Mount Lassen. And, um, during that period of time, we didn't have food caches or anything like that. So whenever we needed something, my parents would generally go hitchhike into town. We'd right. stop somewhere near and they would have to buy all our provisions and hitchhike back with him, grain, <laughs> everything. So there were times um, on the first half of the pack trip that we were pretty hungry, you know, where we really ran low on food. Dad had underestimated how long it would take us to do something, mainly because it didn't exist. So what does a what does a normal day look like on the trail during that first half where you don't have the food caches? You're you're building some trail, you're marking trails. I don't know if the national forest has provided you like markers or if you're coming up with the system on your own. Like how many miles are you covering? What what does a day look like? 
Yeah. The first half of the pack trip was much harder than the second half right. of the pack trip. Um, no, we did not have markers. We would use the old style of marking trail, which is a, a blaze on a tree. Right. And if there was no tree that existed, we would stack rocks and build a, 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 a stone Johnny or a rock cairn, right. um, which is generally uh, seen as a series of rocks and then a rock in the on the ground next to it in the direction you're meant to travel. Um, so every day was different, you know. Of course, you have you go through a lot of desert. Um, you go through high mountains, really high mountains, you know, high passes, and it could be snow or, you know, 120 degrees. And often in California, especially Southern California, we were met with locked gates, which meant that, you know, sometimes locked gates came with farmers with guns. And I mean, we had guns pointed at us several mm. times in the course of this trip. Um, and <laughs> one of the funny things that happened was um, we were riding through the Mojave and, you know, it was not marked there really much at all. And all the water, the aquifer is being sucked dry there by the alfalfa fields or was. And here was this big aqueduct going through and you could see it, but you couldn't get to it. And um, so it, that was really, that was really rough. And uh, along came this truck. We were riding on a road. Along came this truck and in it were Con Ed employees. And um, they stopped and they said, apparently we were in some area that was owned by Con Ed. And they said, how did you get in here? <laughs> and where did you come from? And dad points north exactly. rather than south. Yeah. And of course we, <laughs> yeah, they said, leave right now. Um, yeah. So a day, a day was never the same day. I know you're probably going to ask me about the roughest day. Yeah, it seems like you, you you probably just have endless amounts of stories in terms of some of laughter, some of surprise, shock, awe. There's probably animal encounters. I mean, you probably could just yeah. fill up. You fill up a book with the stories because that's two years of just being out in the wilderness basically yeah. by yourself. So, yeah, any anything else stand out from a story perspective? Yeah. Uh, there was a day where we uh, came to uh, the, one of those spots where there is no trail. And, um, which happened a lot in Southern California and, um, the trail, it was supposedly, it was supposed to go down a cliff and cross this river and up the other side. And so we did that. And, and there was a dam where we were crossing the river and, um, what it, what ended up happening was we crossed the river and went up the opposite side and up that cliff and we get it to the top and there's a cyclone fence. So there's no way to get through that. So we had to turn around and go back down, swim back across the river, up the cliff and stopped at the spot where we had made that decision. And there's a fence, like a five strand barbed wire, great big fence. Sure. And uh, so my dad's sitting there with his, leg kind of hooked over his horn, reading the map, trying to scratch in his head, you know, trying to figure out, he used the phrase often, it, it seems to me, 
And so anyway, I, I say, don't look now, Dad, but there's a rattlesnake under your horse. And just as that happened, he throws his leg down, pulls the reins back, the horse rears up, and he, he senses the snake, and my dad's hat falls off, and the snake strikes my dad's hat. Oh, wow. And it got worse. Um, <laughs> and so we uh, dug up the fence posts and laid horse blankets down on the barbed wire and walked all the horses across, and then we put the fence back, and we were riding along in this big field, and um, every gate we came to was locked. And so my mom crawled through the fence and went, there was, we were nearby a little grocery store, and she, they brought somebody, called somebody to come and help us get out. And the women came to, there were two women who came to nearby the fence, and they were yelling at us, come this way, come this way. And so we did. And what they had directed us to do was go through quicksand. And we got out into the creek, and um, there were skeletons to the left and the right. And we sunk our pack string in quicksand. But one horse was in quicksand for three hours. Wow. And at one point, we almost thought we were going to lose him. And this was a horse who, if anything was going to happen to, it was happening right. to him. And <laughs> yeah, Skookum was his name, which means big uh-huh. um, in Chinook. So we got out. Um, he made it. And the next town we came to, which was Idlewild, we bought a fencing tool. And that's how we treated it from then on. Wow. Yeah. You just don't get stories like quicksand and yeah, the rattlesnake pops up, but, but fence posts digging out, uh, carpets over or blankets over barbed wire. I mean, this is, you're legitimately adventuring every day. Um, let's, let's take a quick break. If you enjoy broken laces, consider leaving a review on Apple podcast, tell a fellow friend about the show or share on your favorite social media site, preferably the one where you have the most friends. There's no team here at Broken Laces, just me and I could use the most help spreading the word about the show. There's no team here at Broken Laces, just me and I could use the most help spreading the word about the show. If you'd like to support Broken Laces further, you can do so at patreon.com broken laces. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash broken laces. Pledging as much as you'd like to help offset the cost of producing the show. Consider it like you're buying me coffee or better yet, sharing a granola bar on the trail. Right now, this is a hobby, but I dream about working in the outdoors industry and this could be the gateway. Thanks for listening and back to the show. So we're back uh, with, uh, I'm just going to call you PCT Hall of Famer Bernadette Murray because this, this story is just incredible. And not only are you... Have you done it in 1969 and 1970, but you're coming full circle and planning on on through riding again in upcoming 2020. So 50, that's quick math, 50 years after you originally did it. So what? tell us what your expectations are now that you're going to do this same trip with, with a friend uh, on horseback. I know it'll be entirely different being in Cascade Locks as I am uh, working, doing tourism support for Cascade Locks. I have had uh, the opportunity to be involved with PCT days 
and a lot of the hikers and and the hiker culture there in um, Cascade Logs and and through riders too. <clears throat> I have a few friends that have through ridden, but um, equipment will be very different. Um, environment will be different. Uh, just as far as everything being marked, people don't even use maps anymore. I can't imagine not traveling with maps. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, your spot devices, you know, if anything happened, we had to hike out. My mom uh, tore the ligaments in her knee uh, down in California near Lake Tahoe. The horse slid on uh, sheer granite and she tore the ligaments in her knee. And she and my dad had to go to where the road was, you know, he picked her up off the horse and set her down by the campfire and carried her everywhere. And, uh, she went to the hospital and, uh, you know, they had to hitchhike to get there. Doctor cut off her boot. He was going to put a cast on and, um, they looked at each other and knew the trail, you know, the trip would be over if that were to happen. And so, while the doctor went to get the makings for the cast, he grabbed a few ace bandages, a couple of things, and she threw her arm around his shoulder, and away they went. Oh, wow. Yeah, but um, this trip will be entirely different just by sheer numbers of people. You know, um, there were uh, close to 8,000 uh, permits for 500 or more miles uh, that were in le- in 2018. So, mm-hmm. um, just by sheer numbers of people, I mean, we went for days without ever seeing a person days and it, the equipment is so much more evolved, you know, uh, as far as, uh, lightweight waterproofing, you know, cast iron versus titanium kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and solar, all of that, um, is entirely different. And I anticipate that it will be a a whole new experience. I mean, there will be elements of it that might feel similar, but mostly this is going to be an entirely different experience. Yeah. And you, I mean, you captured on some of the high points of, of obviously equipment and obviously, um, just the sheer amount of people, but just your concept of how you view this trail in terms of its wilderness, the adventure that you had, it's just going to be, it's just going to be different. And so it's, it's interesting to think about, I almost need to talk to you afterwards to see if you still, and I, I'd imagine you would still have that same love and respect and, and, yeah. and attitude towards the trail. Cause because that concept of wilderness and adventure is just going to vary so, so much. Yes, it absolutely will vary. Um, I think greatly, but you know, this trail to me is home, right? I love this trail. I'm I'm very devoted to it. It's, it's, it, it shaped me into who I am as a person. And so, and so now that this is a, you're, you're about a year away. About a year away. <laughs> and so what is what is planning how has planning changed for you? I know your dad was in the libraries just, you know, grabbing as many maps as possible and, you know, lugging a small western US town, as I mentioned. But now yeah. <laughs> now that's easier and you have years yeah. of experience behind yeah. you on on how to do something like this. And so is 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 planning all that different? What what it kind of excites you? What what's making you nervous uh this go around? Yeah, 
planning is very different. And, you know, not only did with the maps with my dad, you know, there, there were a couple of, you know, when we did it then, there were a couple of guidebooks. There was only, I think, one on the Cascade Crest. There was the PCT Relays, uh, which was a series of YMCA groups that went out and section hiked um, each and reported back, and that was done by Warren Rogers. There was Log of Our Daily Itinerary by Clinton Clark. Um, but aside from those things where we found our way, um, that's how we found our way. Then my dad checked out books on on equine care, on um, leather making. Uh, you know, he he would take pictures that were in uh, uh, Will James, which he was a cowboy artist, and he would draw patterns, and we made our clothes like that. And we had to do that for, for each and every one of us. And then he made, you know, we made the panniards, we made the hobbles, we made our sidelines. I'm not going to be doing much of that. I'll do a little bit of that, but not much. You know, there's so much that is available that's really sophisticated and lightweight. And he just really um, had nothing to go on except for, say, what the old mountain men did or the way Native Americans did and prepared. So much of what we did then was based on history. And what we're doing now is based on more what's happening today. And so the way that we're preparing is one of the things that we did is we uh, we wrote to Robert Redford and, and he gave us a, a statement of endorsement, which was just fantastic. Um, very happy to have that. And also um, will be endorsed in a statement by Ansel Adams' granddaughter. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Sarah Adams. And um, we are looking, you know, to find sponsorship and so equipment and, you know, hopefully financial sponsorship as well. Um, we are in talks with um, filmmakers to do a documentary, full-length documentary, or, or perhaps a docuseries. So that's not something that was ever on the radar. I mean, occasionally we got interviewed on a radio show or something like that, you know, but um, nothing like what we're thinking of doing now. That's amazing. And I, and I would assume that your trip down to the Mexican border will, will be a, a little less adventurous this time. Are you, are you, <laughs> do, you, do you already have horses in tow, or are you going to have to buy those you know, as you get further down south? Yeah, we're still figuring that out. Um, this coming summer, my, my friend and I are going to go work in the Yosemite out of Red's Meadow on a pack station. So we'll be guiding rides and um, I may potentially be cooking um, at base camp. So we're going to do that all summer long. I think we'll know um at the end of that, exactly what we're going to do. We've thought about getting Mustangs, um, which would also include, I mean, if you get them off the range, then you have to break them and right. train them. And I have friends who could help to do that too. So um, I'll know more after the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On Red, Red's Meadow, what a great what a great base camp for a summer. Yes. Um, you'll have a lot of lot of great trails oh, yeah. there. Um, really excited. So it, from a from a holistic overview of kind of what would be your perfect 2020 like what are you 
what are you hoping to see? What are you just looking most forward to? Um, Let's see. What am I hoping to see? I'm hoping to see that the experience is still as wilderness oriented as it was, or at least to some great degree that it's as wilderness oriented and that you still have the sense of being away from society. Um, one of my fears about that is with all the people, I mean, there are problems that, that we didn't face because of now of overuse, you know, cluster camping in areas and some people even camping directly on the trail. Um, you know, we went off trail sometimes as far as a mile looking for a meadow, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to, um, just being back out there and in that peace and, and, and silence that you get, um, in the, in the wilderness. Yeah. And I'd imagine you being in Cascade Locks, you have some sort of sense of, of those areas that are going to be a little bit more populated in those areas in which you can find that serene, uh, aspect of the trail. Um, I know me hiking the John Muir trail a few years back, you, you run through some, some, areas of Yosemite where you're just running into people, you're running into day hikers who are up there and then you get a little bit farther and you're by yourself again. So it's, it's for, for someone like me, it was welcome, um, just to like feel connected a little bit that there's other people out there, but I can imagine it's just gonna, it's just, it's just so different 50 years later for you to see how, how many people you're going to run into. Yeah. And I mean, even as you mentioned Yosemite, when we did it back then, it, that really was the largest concentration of people that we ran into on the whole trail. And, you know, we, we took to, they would say, how far is it? And, and, and we took to telling them, oh, it's just over the next hill, <laughs> even <laughs> though it was much farther. Because <laughs> that's what people wanted to hear. We'd meet a ranger that would, you know, uh, he asked where we were going and we thought he had asked where we had come from. And we had told him we'd come over Volkosang pass and he said, you can't, it's closed. You know, um, they, they wouldn't issue us a, a fire permit because we didn't have a car, a license. Oh, plate. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, the car's down in Mexico. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which I never even yeah. got to, I'm assuming you just left the truck there or did it, did you sell it? She sold it for horses. Yeah, well, there you go. So yeah, you you yeah. had no license plate. <laughs> yeah, we had no license plate. My mom made one up. Yeah. Well, as you would. Yeah. yeah. When we do it this year, or this coming year, 2020, we're going to begin on April 25th. So my family began on April 26th, but we're beginning on the 25th because it's my friend Laura's birthday. Mm. And then we will finish on October 7th, 2020. And that is 50 years from the day that we finished. That's awesome. So we're going to do it in one summer. You know, now the trail is, it's, it's built all the way through. Um, it's highly marked, you know, we'll have none of the concerns that we had in the first half. Well, not none, but you know, few concerns. Right. And hopefully you don't have, and we didn't talk about the 20 foot snowpack that you had to deal with the first time go around. So yeah. hopefully you don't have that. Yeah. Any particular area of the trail, you know, uh, a, a range, a park, a section that you, you have a fond memory of that you can't wait to see. Well, actually it's in my backyard here. Um, my favorite 
part of the trail. And, you know, that's like picking a favorite child, really. It's just that's very hard to do. But totally. my yeah, <laughs> my favorite part of the trail, I would have to say, is the Indian Heaven Wilderness area here by Mount Adams. I just absolutely love it. And the fondest memory for me on the trail was the day that my horse gave birth um, to my little filly, Tagalong. And um, that was just a miracle. It was just such a beautiful thing to, to see. She was little tiny Palomino with blue eyes. And that little filly got up and she made it all the way from nearby Trout Lake Washington, all the way to Snoqualmie Pass. So she did almost all of Washington. Wow. She was great. She was a little trooper. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she did slow us down, and all of the horses loved her. I mean, they just, on the, on the morning of her birth, they're all standing. I've got this photograph of them all standing around looking at her, and she had just stood for the first time, and she has blood on her tail. And it's the sun is rising, and it's gorgeous. I mean, it's just tutti fruity kind of colors, you know, and um, all of the horses standing around like aunts and uncles. I mean, they were just in love with this little filly. So that's a, a good segue. You're looking forward to Indian Heaven Wilderness, which is your backyard. And my, and my last question for you is, of course, our, our segment Trails and Ales, um, where we ask our guests kind of what their favorite local trail that you would recommend somebody coming by. And, and if there's a local brewery you want to advocate for, just kind of that combo. And I'm assuming you're yeah. going to, to pick something near Cascade Locks. So where, 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 should people, yeah. where should people go when they come by? Okay. Well, you know, Cascade Locks, the, the whole town itself, you know, it becomes a hiker town in the beginning of summer and then all through. And, and it's actually been extended because – People are section hiking or they're flip-flopping, you know, so they do a section and if they can't get through, you know, there's fire or something going on, um, they'll go back right. to it later. Um, so, and we recently installed our PCT monument, which is similar to the northern and southern terminuses. It consists of three posts. One that is the same length as the tallest post on the northern and southern terminuses. Um, and then with a map on it, and then one which is shorter that indicates the distance back to Mexico, and the shortest one indicating okay. the distance to uh, Canada. Yeah. Canada. So it kind of looks like the terminuses, but it has its own Definitely. concept. And it has the 50th anniversary marker on it. And so that's really important to Cascade Locks. And it it comes alive in the summer. Of course, that's where PCT Days is. And last year, there were over 5,000 attendees um, and 50-plus vendors who came. We had a 50th anniversary time capsule that people could write in because 50th anniversary of October 2nd, 1968, when the trail was designated, and they could contribute things to it. And that's going to be with the monument. One of the places in Cascade Locks that I would suggest you go to that really is the embodiment of the trail culture is Cascade Locks Ale House. And um, they have a, a, an employee there. Her name is Jules. And she is a trail angel, 
and she has a hiker box. It's huh. the only wooden hiker box on the PCT. And it's in the back room there. It's got all kinds of things in it that you might need. Like um, it even has pregnancy <laughs> tests because <laughs> there are, there are yep. trail babies. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but you can take what you need and leave what you don't. There's a little lending library. They accept boxes. I would suggest Cascade Log Sale House. Oh, they have a secret menu item, right. kind of like In and Out has their <laughs> their kinds of things. Um, and it's it's called a hiker trash burger, and it's two hiker trash burger. It, it's two children's pepperoni pizzas with I think it's a pound of meat with all the trimmings, and and it's it's this huge hamburger. Wow! wow. Yeah. And it's actually very tasty. So <laughs> but you have to know about it um, in order to order it. <laughs> Good. The Hiker Trash Burger. And is there, is there a beer you'd recommend to go with the Hiker Trash Burger? Oh, well, you know, there's some really good local beers. Um, well, another brewery in Cascade Locks is Thunder Island. They're also into the, uh, the trail culture as sure. well. Um, but you've got uh, Backwoods Brewing in Carson. They have really good beer walking man freem from hood river walking man's from stevenson uh-huh. freem from hood river um they have a a nice tap selection cascade lock sale house doesn't actually brew right but they, they carry they serve. Yeah, yeah. yeah they carry a, a real great selection of local brews well i will jot you down for cascade ale house and the indian heaven wilderness in terms of the things that you got to visit there um, and I'll include some links and some background info on those places when I put the the post up. Sounds good. It was uh, a pleasure having you on the podcast today. I'm excited to follow your journey. Is there any way we can kind of track your journey uh, once you start next April 2020? Sure. Right now we have a Facebook page up and it is Border to Border PCT. Okay. And, and our, uh, I'm working on the website and it'll be up shortly. And it's also uh, border to border PCT. Awesome. And, um, and one other thing you mentioned that I want to call out with PCT days happening uh, this year, I believe it's August 16th through the 18th this year in Cascade Lock. Yes. So that's a free festival. It's their 13th annual. Um, if you're in the area, I think that's just a great way to come and see some of this culture in the case that you don't ever hike this trail and just get to meet the people around it. So I, I'm glad you called that out. And I wanted to mention that as well. Thanks. Yeah, it, it really is. It's a, like a, almost a big gathering of a family of brethren, you know, you, it's, it's a place that you belong it, people people come off the trail wherever they're yeah. at to get there. No, I, I plan on going this year. Yeah. And, and like I mentioned, I will Good. I will put border-to-border-pct.com in the bookmarks on my website and we'll be following along. And I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story and, and wish you good luck in, in all your planning and, and your ride next year. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I yeah. appreciate it. Appreciate it, Bernadette. It's been a pleasure. Have a good day. You too. Bye.